over the last weeks, we've been uh, celebrating Advent. And so we started off with um, hope, hope in the future, hope of this promise of eternal life that this isn't all there is. Praise God, there's more, there's more, and more than we can even imagine. So we get a glimpse of that. And if you've believed on the Lord Jesus, when, when you've uh, received uh, the Spirit as you've been born again, that there's, there's times when you really sense and know and you're walking in that Spirit and you get to have that taste of heaven. You get to be right there experiencing God. So that hope here and now for all eternity. And then last week we talked about love. The second week of Advent we talked about love. So... This is what makes us tick. Without love, we shrivel on the vine. We are needy people. We need to know that we are loved. And when we don't get it, we get kind of weird. We get kind of weird. And we start trying to get it from places, don't we? We try, we try getting this love. And even from people that bef- we, we try to suck it out of them. We need it. We need it so bad at times. We're desperate for that love. And, uh, and then ultimately, it's, it's really understanding the love from God. That we really can't understand love from each other until we understand the love of God. Because our love, our physical love, only goes so far, doesn't it? It's like, if you are nice to me, I'm going to be nice back. That kind of thing. But God's kind of love goes beyond that and says, love your enemies. It's like, what? Um, love through the difficult times. Believe Believe that God has a love plan for all people to turn to him and no repentance and no forgiveness and no his love forever. So we talked about this kind of love. Well, this week we get to talk about peace. Peace. So we read some scriptures about peace. Uh, Peace. Peace. The most amazing peace that you will ever find is to be at peace with your maker. Amen. Once you find that... Everything changes, but to be at peace with your creator, the one that's designed you and wound you up and, and, and put everything in, in, into right place, um, to be at peace with God means believing in Christ, amen? That he, he, he showed us the only way, and that was through this door, and Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and life, and no one comes to the Father except by me, and so no matter what you've heard about the world and all that, there's one way, and it's a beautiful way, and it's a love on display. So I'm going to read it again out of Romans chapter uh, 5. See if my dyslexia works here. Y- yes, it's, it's not working, I guess. I went to chapter 5 instead of chapter 8. So I want to read that again if you're there in Romans chapter 5. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in our trials. It said glory in tribulation, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance, character, and character, hope. Now hope does not disappoint 
because the love of God has been poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. There we go. There we go. If you've believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, the way that you are meant to live and breathe since that point is through the power of the Holy Spirit. You cannot love your spouse. You cannot love your kids. You cannot love your country. You cannot love anyone in the right way unless it is by the power of the Holy Spirit because it's a love that you can't muster up yourself. It's an amazing gift that we've been given. And so we step into that, and like even today, peace, peace. What is that? Peace. So I looked up a couple of things that would describe peace. Um, Completeness in your life. Being made complete in Christ. Uh, Peter says that, seeing that his divine powers granted you everything pertaining to life and godliness. You, you are fully equipped, if you believed on the Lord Jesus, you're fully equipped by his Holy Spirit to live a new life and to experience completeness. Maybe you're sitting there going, I sure don't feel, I'm not feeling it. <laughs> but it's the truth. You're complete in him for all eternity. So it's like, relax. <laughs> Enjoy his peace and his love for you. You are you're connected with your creator God. You're connected with the one who's designed you for a certain time period here on earth. And for some of you, you're looking around going, yeah, that time is ticking away and I've crossed over the age 50 and now I'm, things are going a lot faster. <laughs> Everything is everything's going. So a certain time. All right, so this peace, peace with God, peace of God, peace with others, this peace. And what does Jesus say in Matthew? He says, uh, blessed are the peacemakers, they shall be called sons of God. So with that peace, you walk in to any place, you bring in peace. Because that's the Spirit of God. That's the Spirit of God. And you're agreeing with him his, his power, his love through you and out to the world around you. That's, that's his plan. So peace, peace with God. Um, so what I did was I took, and if you have your, uh, your, your bulletin, I did a cross stick of peace and I took each letter in, in, in peace and I, and I started to make um, just another word or words that would describe peace. Peace. So peace. Um, peace. The first word that came to my mind was his presence. His presence. In, uh, is it Psalm 16? It says, in his presence is fullness of joy. That sounds a lot like peace, doesn't it? Peace. His presence. His presence. Um, turn to Isaiah chapter 41. Isaiah chapter 41. In Isaiah chapter 41, um, verse 10. This was a time when Israel needed to know God. 
and they were taken away as slaves and Isaiah the prophet is bringing them words from God and listen to what he says in verse 10. Fear not, for I am with you. Do not be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I'm going to read that again. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not be discouraged. I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will uphold you. Or I will help you, and I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So when I was thinking about God's peace in the midst of this is with with war is fear, right? If you think about that, fear of people being hurt, taken away, slaves, all that. There's fear in in war. But when there's peace, there's rejoicing, there's gladness, there's it's it, there's amazing contrast. But but here's what came to me, and I think it's true. Um, every one of us have a fear of some kind that we're dealing with. Um, how am I going to pay the bills might be one. It's just, you know. Um, but I think that's true. Every one of us, there's, there's a fear that of something, and it may not be real, but it, it might be too. And, and this passage right here says that God says, I'm with you. So we're talking about peace. We're talking about his presence with us. So his presence with you makes all the difference in the world, right? Makes all the difference in the world when you're thinking about that fear that bothers you. And maybe you think it's a little thing, but his presence makes all the difference. When you know that the God that has designed you and created you is with you. Emmanuel, God with us, is with you. And he says, what? Don't be discouraged. Don't be fearful. Don't be discouraged. I am your God. The one true God. Not the God of the sun, the trees, you know, and you hear about these people groups that worship these variety of gods, but this is the one true God the creator of all things. And he said, don't be afraid. I'm with you. And he says, don't be discouraged. I am your God. And he says, I will strengthen you for whatever fear that is that you're going through right now or you're thinking about or you may be going through that that fear thing, wondering about the future. He says, I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. This, this God that created all things says this to you. He says this to his chosen people, Israel. He says this to you and me. He says, you didn't choose me, but I chose you. Is that a beautiful thing? His presence. And he says, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Um, and so how do we uh, experience this presence that we need so much. First of all, it's the truth. It's, it's, it's hearing the truth and then wanting to believe the truth. 
wanting to believe the truth. And one of the amazing stories in the Bible that everybody knows that knows anything about the Bible is David and Goliath. He had no fear. <laughs> Wasn't that a beautiful thing? He had no fear, and he went up against Goliath and took him out. You know, no fear. So um, thanks for that theme music. Just right on key. <laughs> it's not God. So how do we... How do we absorb, how do we uh, live this, uh, he's with us, his presence with us? Um, So a couple of things that I saw in scripture that came to mind. You know, um, the books are full of how-to things, and now we've got internet and things on our phone. We need to do something. We go, and how do we do this? How do we do that? And it's it's a cool thing, but what better book to have the how-to book of God? So go to Joshua chapter 1. And here was Joshua taking over for Moses. And God says to him, don't be afraid. I'm with you. The same way I was with Moses. So you know that Joshua was his, the one in training. And he saw these amazing things that God did through Moses. He saw them. And yet he was still afraid. Is that weird? And maybe you've experienced God, uh, you've seen healings, maybe you've experienced some miracles and you've seen some amazing things done, and yet you're still afraid? <laughs> so, so here's Joshua, and here's what the Lord says to Joshua. So here's a tip for you today on how to know his presence. Um, let's go to uh, verse 6, Joshua chapter 1. Be strong and of good courage. For this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give to them. So first thing is he's saying here is you got a job to do, Joshua. So I want to just ask you do, you, do you know the job that God has given you right now? He's got a kingdom job for you to be doing. So then he says, only be strong and very courageous. So not just strong and courageous, but like, okay. Uh, that you may observe, and here's that tip, to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. And he says, do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. Verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and you will have success. And he says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So the first thing we see in uh, wanting to enter into his presence where there's fullness of joy is his word. He says, in a way, he says, saturate yourself with that. If you want to get away from your fear, if you want to know his presence, the word of God, meditate on in the morning. Maybe some of you take your scriptures with you to work and you take it out of your lunchbox at at noontime. Maybe you do it then. And, And in the evening, maybe you close out your day. But he says, here's, here's how you, Find my presence. He says, I will be with you. So he's telling him, be strong and courageous. And here's a tip for you. Saturated in the word, day and night, meditate on it. 
Meditate on it. That's where you find his presence. So that was one of the things that I saw in the scripture that is the best help book of all is I need to be in it. I need to know it. I need to be. And he says, you will find success. He said, don't turn to the left to the right. So there's a lot of things that we can grab onto to have success, you know. But he says, here's the main thing. Meditate on my word day and night, day and night. So maybe some of you, like me, I wake up at three o'clock and it's like there's stuff starts spinning in my, oh, I wish I would have, could have, should have, and I forgot to do this, I forgot to do that. It's like if I could get up right then and do it all, no. And so what do you do? Now it's time to turn to the word. And what's beautiful about meditating on the word, if you've memorized the word, you can go back to it and, and just replay those words. So you, you don't necessarily have to get up and go to the word then, but you can, but just go back through that again. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, you know, whatever one that you have. So if you aren't in the practice of uh, meditating or memorizing God's word, and I think those two things go together. Here's the next tip for you. Do it. (laughs) And you're saying, wait a minute, wait a minute. I've tried and I have a hard time with my phone number. What better uh, way to... Get your mind working again. Get those gears oiled up. Get that going again. Just start with just a sentence and get it going over and over in your mind. Get it going. And what will happen is during the day when you need God's presence, you need to know it, it starts coming back because you've put it in your mind and your heart. So get with it. Start memorizing God's word and meditate on it. There. There's another tip for you. So the word of God. Here's, a, here's another one for you that I think the Lord showed me too. Is um, um, In Psalm 22.3, it says that God inhabits the praises of his people. So I'd like you to turn to, I don't have it in your bulletin, uh, but I, I have Psalm 150. That's in your bulletin. And then I have another one that came to me uh, 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 yesterday and today, and I forgot to change it in the bulletin. But look at Psalm 150. Psalm 150, and I'm in Isaiah, so I need to go back. 150. So it's the last uh, chapter in the Psalms. And by the way, uh, the Psalms is is described as the the songbook of the Hebrew people. and so you can find in their highs and lows of emotion and certainly you find the truth of who God is. But in Psalm 150, it says, praise the Lord, praise him in his sanctuary, praise him in his mighty firmament, praise him for his mighty acts, praise him according to his excellent greatness, um, praise him with the sound of trumpet, uh, praise him with the lute, the harp, Praise him with timbrel and dancing. Praise him with stringed instruments and flutes. Praise him with loud cymbals. Praise him with clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So the second thing is I believe the scripture about he inhabits the praises of his people. And he's saying right here, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. So knowing God's peace is also knowing how do we access that presence of God in his word? And then praising him. And I've said this before, been a believer for a long time, but praising God and thanking God was, was this much of my prayer time and the rest was asking God for these 
amazing things that I needed from him. And I believe it needs to be reversed. So I'm in the process of right now reversing that whole thing, switching those gears so that I spend most of my time praising God and thanking God and worshiping him for who he is and what he's done in his word and in my life, just thanking him. And I heard somebody say the other day that the closer you get to God, the more thankful you are. So if, if you're a thankful person, well, thank you for my shoes, thank you for the teddy bear, thank you for... If, if, you're, if you're a thankful person, you've arrived at, at a beautiful place, a secret place that, that just... It's God's heart uh, being thankful and praising him. So um, if you're like me, well, why don't you help me uh, uh, in this change of praising and thank, getting comfortable with praising and thanking God? You know, so uh, just a little bit here today, I want you to help me out with this. What is something that you can thank God for who he is? Just raise your hand and say, I want to thank God for what anybody over here in this section. What is something you can just say, thank you, Lord, for what? Life. life. New life in Christ. Life, this life that we have. Okay, anybody? Forgiveness for our sins. He died for our sins on the cross. Okay, we get some more over here. Yes. Oh man, I Matt summed it up yesterday. When you said that yesterday, Matt said, uh, "Ouch! Praise God! <laughs> Ouch! Praise God! I won't forget that, Matt. Ouch! Praise God! It's those things are designed. The trials are designed to get us to that place of worship. Anybody else? What do you, What do you want to thank God for? Oh, man, she said she was on her walk the other day and she almost fell, but she didn't. And so she said, thank you, God. Amen. Just thank you, God, right away. Okay, how about over here? No, over here. Yes. For his Holy Spirit. That's the power to live this new life. And for every breath we breathe, we need the Spirit that much, that much. Okay, and over here. Yes, Dan. For sending his son. Yes. And that's what we're celebrating. Sending his son. Okay. Yeah, Keith. He cares for us. <laughs> to know that he cares for us. Okay. Yes, Lord. Joy in his presence. Yes. A fullness of joy in his presence. Yes. His healing. Yes. Amen. Yes. Our children and grandchildren. Children and grandchildren. That we can pass on the truth. So thank you for helping me to this. My list, my prayer list needs to be this big about who God is and to be thankful rather than my list of things that I need. So thanking God, praising God for his goodness. So how do we enter into that, that peace, that, that place, uh, his, his presence is fullness of joy. So I was calling it, um, um, just kind of praise therapy. Before, if you're still at Psalm 150, I want you to go back to Psalm 148. And this is a cool one. Watch this. Psalm 148. 
praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise Him in His heights. Praise Him, all His angels. Praise Him, all the hosts. Praise Him, sun and moon. Praise Him, stars of light. Praise Him, you heavens of heavens and the waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for He commanded and they were created. He also established them forever and ever. He made a decree which shall not pass away. And then he says, praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures in all the depths, fire and hail and snow from, and clouds, stormy wind fulfilling his word, mountains and all hills, fruit trees, what? Fruit trees and all the cedars. And then he goes into verse 10, beasts and cattle, creeping things, flying birds, um, kings. And then in, in 11, he switches here now and he says, kings of the earth and all peoples, princes and all judges of the earth, both young men and maidens, old men and children. Verse 13, let them praise the name of the Lord for his name alone is exalted. His glory is above the earth and heaven and he has exalted the horn of his people and the praise of all his saints of all the children of Israel a people near to him praise the Lord whoa so so to me two main things about wanting wanting to know his presence is in his word and then learning to praise him more and be thankful more and more and more so I had a discussion with a young man. He's in his 30s um, the other day. And I was asking him about this um, uh, presence. And he said, you know, I, I, was, I grew up going to church, but I, I realized I really didn't believe. But I was doing the right thing. I was going to church and, you know. And he said, but I, I, uh, I began to go to the dark side. He said, you know, as a teenager, I started to dabble in these things and my family is trying to tell me no stay away from that you know and but he said I was I was headed that way and um so he said I had an understanding of God I you know I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins and I believe you know the Christmas story and I believe that but my life wasn't believing it <laughs> my life was just kind of doing the practical things or maybe religious and so he said um, my mom got um, really concerned for me because she could see where I was headed. And uh, so she took me to um, my aunt, who was one that was uh, a believer, but she had the gift of prayer and she, um, she, was, she knew what it was to be full of the Holy Spirit. And so she took her son to, uh, to her aunt and she said, could you pray over her? And so he said, I sat there and I'm going, okay, whatever, you know. And so she laid her hands on, she began to pray over him and pray over him and scripture and pray over him. And he said, right at the end of the prayer, she looked me straight in the eye and she said, God loves you and he has a plan for your life. And he said, I knew the presence of God right at that moment. Is that amazing? He said, everything changed right then. He said, 
it took me a few years, but I finally committed my life to the Lord, but I knew God's love, his presence. He was, you know, even thinking about Cornelius, he must have experienced God's presence in order to get him to that point of wanting and, and having a vision of Peter coming. So I don't know where all of you are today, but that presence of God is key. It changes everything. It changes everything to know that God loves you and that he's with you. He's with you through everything that you're going through. He's with you. And he will strengthen you. He will never leave you. So I see that my sermon's getting long here, so I need to hurry up on the other letters. But the next one is uh, everlasting. To know that God will never leave you. Most of you have had friends and maybe good friends and all of a sudden they're gone for whatever reason. Maybe they moved away. Maybe you said a wrong word and you didn't and all of a sudden that all changed. God will never leave you forever. It's a promise forever, right? Forever and ever you get God and you get his presence. Um, So knowing his presence, knowing it's everlasting makes all the difference in the world. Um, if you're still in Psalms, uh, head to the right and go to a very famous Bible passage. It's Isaiah chapter 9. Listen to this for, forever kingdom because you've been adopted in, you've been welcomed into this forever kingdom of God. So very familiar Christmas passage. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, And the government will be upon his shoulders. His name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. Isn't that beautiful? And then listen to this. There will be no end upon the throne of David. No, no, no. Let me back up. Verse 7. And of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. (laughs) upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time on forever, forward, forever. And the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. He's doing it. He's doing it. You've been, if you've been born again, if you've believed in Lord Jesus as your savior, that's what born again means is that you believe in God's plan of this love through Jesus Christ, the only begotten son of God. And through Christ, the Holy Spirit is poured out in you and me, and we accomplish his plan on earth of saving people's lives. We're in that process of building his kingdom and helping others along the way. That part right there, that part right there is a forever plan. That's, that's the, the purpose. So the everlasting, everlasting plan He will always be there. Um, You're in Isaiah 9. Turn to Isaiah 40. Isaiah 40. And in Isaiah 40, it talks about this everlasting God. And he says in verse 25, Isaiah chapter 40, To whom then will you liken me, or whom shall I be equal, says the Holy One? Lift up your eyes on high and see who has created all things, who brings out their host by number and he calls them all by name. By the greatness of his might and the strength of his power, not one is missing. 
Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and my just claim is passed over by my God? Have you not heard? Have you not known? Have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the end of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. Well, he gives power to the weak. And to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength, and they will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Do I hear an amen? Peace with God means his presence. Peace with God means it's everlasting. The everlasting God promises to be with you forever and you with him. The next letter is A, and I chose abide. And the reason I chose abide is um, we have a responsibility, kind of like we've already been talking about, that how do we access this peace of God? How do we access this peace of God? Um, This is um, knowing his word. Uh, This is praising him. But this abiding with him is something that he tells us that we must do. So turn to John chapter 15, is it? Yeah. John chapter 15. So, you know, when you come to God, he's done it all, but he, he wants us to, uh, to engage with him and to access uh, who he is. And in John 14, he says, um, I must leave, but the helper or the Holy Spirit, so that the Holy Spirit will come and he will abide with you forever. That's out of, out of John 14, uh, 16. But look at... John 15, and let's go to 4. John 15, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John 15, 4. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. So what's weird to me is that he's given us something to do. We just don't say, okay. He's saying, be proactive and abide in me. So, so watch what he says here. If anyone does not abide in me, he's cast out as a branch and is withered and they gather them up and they're thrown into fire and they are burned. But verse 7 says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask whatever you desire and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so that you will be my disciples. He's given us the privilege, the awareness, that we need to be proactive by abiding in him and his word. And when we do, we end up praying what he wants. (laughs) Not so much what we want, but what he wants. And what he wants, we want. So, there's another portion here, and of course, it's verse 16. 
You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give to you. And this I command you, that you love one another. So abiding in him, with him, uh, doing his, his will, and he says, do it, do it. Okay, so abide. So see, here's one that's uh, interesting to me is this conscience, conscience. And I believe that as I look through the scripture here, whether you're saved or unsaved, God has given you a conscience that knows what's right and wrong. Kind of like he gave us self-healing bodies, as Ron talks about so much. We get a cut, and it just naturally starts healing. It's like, wow, that's that's, that's amazing. Um, But I believe the conscience is the same thing, that we know what's right and wrong, and he's given that to us. Okay, so this conscience... And, and knowing God gives a good conscience makes all the difference with thinking God's way about stuff. But that conscience, there's a, there's a warning there about uh, knowing. And out of, out of Romans chapter 1, it says that there's people that they um, suppress the truth in unrighteousness. And so here's what it is. So whether you're a believer or unbeliever, you're standing there one day and you go, well, I can do this evil thing and I I know it's not right or I can do it God's way and I kind of want to do it. And so then it's like, well, I want to do this evil thing. Well, here's how it works. You can then uh, do it and then don't think so much about this God stuff, but do it some more. And matter of fact, add on unrighteousness on it and keep doing the the what's wrong thing and keep doing it and with unrighteousness suppress the truth so you can't hear God's voice anymore you keep you just add it on you just keep pushing it pushing it down and then scripture says at some point their conscience is seared and they don't they don't hear the good conscience anymore isn't that weird just just suppress it in truth. So let me let me just show you a couple of places here. Look at um First Timothy chapter four. So if you're in John then, head to the back of your Bible. Uh if you get to Hebrews you've gone too far. So um first what did I say it was uh first Timothy chapter four. Okay, first Timothy chapter four. Uh, It says in verse 1, Now the Spirit expressively says that in later times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies and hypocrisy, and having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. And then it talks about these examples of of turning away from what God has has for them, all the good things. Uh, you're in First Timothy. Go to Second uh, Timothy, chapter three, verse one. Now know this: that in the last days, perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, will be boastful, proud, blasphemers. I can't get that. Um, disobedient, 
to parents unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. From such people turn away. Um, So we know it. It just recorded it in scripture. We see it. But God gives the good conscience. Um, Since you're in 2 Timothy, head to the back of your Bible to Peter and go to 1 Peter chapter 3. So you'll go past Hebrews this time and you'll see James, 1 Peter chapter 3. First um, Peter chapter three. I don't think I have that one. I might uh, in your and uh, beginning at verse thirteen. First Peter chapter three thirteen. Um, and who is he who will harm you if you become followers of what is good? But even if verse fourteen, even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you are blessed, and do not be afraid of their threats or their trouble. Verse 15, but sanctify the Lord in your hearts and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear, having a good conscience that when they defame you as evildoers, those who revile your good conduct in Christ may be ashamed. For it is better better if it is the will of God to suffer for doing good than for evil. So we're going to, uh, we're going to know this as we step closer to God that, and you know, you've heard it before. It seems like what's, what's evil is good. And what's, you know, good is bad. And even some of the um, jokes or some of the things that have come through some of the movies, you've heard um, people say, Oh, that is wicked. Like, like now it's a good thing, but they use that term. Isn't that weird that people have just taken that and flip-flopped that instead of saying, well, that's, that's great, that's wonderful. Whoa, that's wicked. Like, that's like cool. <laughs> wow. So here we are, um, the peace of God. And so we're going to end with the letter E. Everything, everything. Knowing God means everything is effective and makes all the difference for the good. Knowing God. So his, his spirit changes everything. You don't have to be fearful anymore. And, and the closer you get to God, the fear starts going away. And you start holding on to the one that loves your heart, loves your soul, and that has made a way for you. So everything so in Second Timothy chapter two, or Second Timothy chapter one verse seven, it says, "I've not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind." I, this is what I've given you. So you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be. You can you can actually choose not to be afraid anymore. So anybody want to choose not to be afraid anymore? You can by the power of God choose not to be afraid. Because he's got this. He's got you. So let's not waste our time on fear anymore. Let's just, let's just walk with God, right? 
So he's given us this spiritual armor. Um, Everything changes. There's an effect that happens. The closer we draw to the Lord, um, in Galatians chapter 5, 22, it says, this this starts happening more and more in your life. Love is evident. Joy, peace. There it is. Love, joy, peace. Starts happening more and more as you draw closer to the Lord. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. More and more in your life as you draw closer to the Lord. You draw closer to the Lord. So peace, his presence is, is everlasting to abide with him. And he's given us a conscience that reminds us to turn back to him. And so we, we, we pull into that. Um, there's this way of life that he's meant for us to live. Um, and so I want to go back to our, our original passage in Romans chapter 5. And I want to close out with Romans chapter 5. And this spells out the gospel. This spells out this life that we are to live. Romans chapter 5. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. That makes all the difference in the world right there. Through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only that, so Paul keeps saying this, you'll find out, he says, okay, also this, not only that, but we also have glory in tribulation, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. And perseverance, character. And character, hope. When you see the Holy Spirit change in your life and your character and the way you do things, it brings hope that God. Verse 6. And when, and when we were still without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely... For a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us, and while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Verse 9. Much more than this, having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from, the, saved from wrath through him. Verse 10. For if then we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Not only that, like one more thing, not only that, but also, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Amen, that's right. So you've been set up. You've been set up by God. And he's got work for us to do together. And it it all pivots on his peace, his presence, his truth. 
So I trust that the Holy Spirit was helping you with uh, tips today on how to abide in him and how to walk in him and to know him because this is the life. This is the life that he has for you and for me. It's in his spirit. There's no other way. So Jesus poured that all out for us. So um, we've got just a minute here. But if you'd be bold enough to just raise your hand, say one thing that the Spirit was, had awakened you or remind you of today. What, what, what is one thing that the Holy Spirit said to you today? He's alive again. Alive. So I don't know. Uh, Kenny was away from church for a while, and he, the Lord was just saying, I need to get back to church. I need to, I need to be with God's people. And he said, when is that men's Bible study? And he started coming to the men's Bible study. He said, I'm alive again. That's, that's a cool thing. He's stepping. He's doing his responsibility by stepping towards God. And then we hear Matt talking about God's love of discipline. He said, ouch, praise God. <laughs> ouch, praise God. Anybody else? What is the Holy Spirit saying to you this morning? Yes. He equips, he equips us. Yeah, every job that he's given us, he equips us to do the work. Each one of you have been, you're on an assignment you, you're on an assignment to do work for the Lord, his kingdom, if you've believed on him. Yes. To always have a grateful heart. Always have a grateful heart. Amen. I don't know uh, if you're around Crystal and you get some of her hugs, but she seems to have a grateful heart. And so she says, I need to always have a grateful heart. Thanks, Crystal. That's cool. Yes. Pray without ceasing. Constant contact with God. Praying about everything, all the time. Talking to God. Thank you, Rich, for saying that. Yes. Be in the Word. Be in the Word. Yes, Glenn. Wow. If God's telling you to do something, don't, don't wait. He'll get somebody else to do it. You'll miss out on the blessing, right? Okay. Anybody else? What is the Spirit telling you today? Oh, yes. <laughs> Go to church even when you don't feel like it. Yes, Barbara. Stand on the promises. All the promises are yes and amen. Wow, let me try to say that. Stand on the promises of God and all the promises of God are yes and amen. Thank you, Barbara. Barbara's in her 80s. She's known the Lord for quite a while. Quite a while. Thank you, Barbara. 90? 92. 92. Oh. Last Sunday was her birthday. Yeah. Uh, they weren't here last Sunday. Otherwise, we would. But love one another. Love one another. Yes. Yes. And yes, in the back there. Judy, that's right. Judy. He validates you. He validates you. Okay. Well, let's, uh, let's close in prayer. And, you know, if you don't know God loves you, you need to. And if you don't know his presence, you need to. Seek him with all your heart because everything changes when those 
when those two things right there, everything changes around you. And staying with him that way, that's the new life. Yes. So let's, uh, let's pray and thank the Lord. Lord, we thank you that um, you have spoken to us through your word. Um, you've illuminated your, your word to us by your Holy Spirit. And so, Father, we just pray even for those that haven't said anything that your spirit is doing. We just, we just thank you, Lord God, that with all of us, you're speaking to us. You said, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give them everlasting life and no one can snatch them out of my hand. So wherever you are in your journey, um, seek God with all of your heart and help me to praise and thank God way more. So Father, we bless your name and we thank you. Lord, if there's someone today here that hasn't um, truly believed in you with their life, we pray that today that they would, they would do that by believing in Jesus that he died on the cross for their sins. They don't have to remember their sins anymore, that their sins are forgiven through Jesus Christ's death and his blood on the cross and then the power to live the new life forever by your Holy Spirit. So Father, I pray that if there's that, if they're here today and they haven't, that today would be the day of salvation and they would speak uh, to, to the leadership here about how do I grow in this? How do, I, how do I do this? Lord, I thank you for those among us that have been awakened again. Like Kenny, just I need to get into the study again. I need to be around people that love the Lord. I need to learn and grow. And so, Father, I thank you. May that be our life with each other. And so, Lord, may love overflow on those around us this week. May your peace overflow. And maybe it, it true of us, Lord God, that, um, that blessed are those who are peacemakers. They shall be called sons, and I, I want to say daughters. They, they will be called people of God. So we thank you, Lord God. We bless your name. We receive your truth. Help us to walk in that truth this week, Lord. We bless your name, Jesus. Amen.